Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you're tuning in for our holiday series, A Christmas Carol, based off the Charles Dickens classic novel. 2020 has been a difficult year that triggers the inner Scrooge in all of us, but we're going to learn how to trade in our bah humbug attitude for the true joy of Christmas. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you'll leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Meet Ebenezer Scrooge, an old miser who hates Christmas. Ah, humbug. It's a story that has captured the imagination for generations. Through his encounter with a ghost of Christmas past, present, and future, he finds redemption and transformation. For many, the most wonderful time of the year isn't so wonderful. A painful past or our own insecurities can overshadow the joy of God in our lives. What if this year could look different? Confront your inner Ebenezer with God's amazing grace. With the Spirit's help, you can trade your bar humbug for the true joy of Christmas. A Christmas Carol. All right, what's up, everybody? Hey, welcome to Liquid. Uh, I'm Pastor Tim. Can I get a Merry Christmas from everybody, please? Merry Christmas, guys. Great to see you all. So happy you're here for week two of our series, A Christmas Carol, in which we're, uh, we're kind of learning how to deal with the ghost of Christmas past and move beyond some of the hurts and offenses and, and stuff that maybe has haunted us this year so we can overcome our inner Scrooge and enjoy a, a white Christmas. Um, that's the title of my message today, A White Christmas. Uh, but before we jump in, I want to just give you a quick update and first off, thank so many of you who have already donated to our end of the year Christmas offering. We're actually just two weeks away, can you believe it, from, from Christmas Eve. And uh, I've just been blown away by your generosity. You know, as a church, we have this vision to show the love of Jesus in a real tangible way uh, by helping families who've been impacted by this COVID pandemic through our Christmas offering. And one of our vital missions this year is medical debt relief. We know families across New Jersey, you know, struggle financially under the weight of unpaid medical debts, like hospital bills. And it's crushing for them, particularly those who are at or below the poverty line. Uh, for a lot of people, coronavirus amplified that problem. In fact, what we found is that medical debt is so crushing that it's the cause for two out of every three bankruptcies in America. Uh, but God willing, this January, thousands of families across New Jersey are going to get a letter in the mail. looks like this. Uh, they're going to open it up and see that oh, it's a list of their medical bills. But stamped with three important words, paid in full. Uh, that's right. As a church, we are partnering with a nonprofit called RIPmedicaldebt.org. You should visit it. We're going to wipe out medical debt for hundreds of low-income families in every county where we are privileged to have a campus. And uh, I think you get the connection, right? I mean, as Christians on the cross, we look at Jesus Christ who paid our debt of sin to God. Uh, he actually said to telestai. It means it's finished. It actually translates to paid in full. So when Jesus died, he canceled our debt of sin by his shed blood. Amen? So what we're doing as Christians is we're showing the love of Christ in a real practical way to hurting families. And they will get a letter that says, hey, because of the love of Jesus, this Christmas your debt has been paid in full by Liquid Church. So that's really cool. So if you haven't been part of the Christmas offering yet, I'm just going to ask you, pray about partnering with us and just consider, you know, participating. Give a gift like our family. We're giving above and beyond. 
our normal generosity in December. So you can go online to give at liquidchurch.com give or just use our mobile app or drop, drop an offering envelope in the uh, giving kiosk in our lobby. If you want to find out more about our Christmas offering, just stop by uh, the, uh, the welcome center. You can pick up one of these brochures and you can read all the details about God's uh, vision for our church in the new year. So big thanks to each of you who are leading the way in generosity this Christmas. I just would ask you as your pastor, just would you just pray that God blesses our offering? And just enables us to bless, I'm, I'm hoping not hundreds, but thousands of families by December 31st. Amen? All right, let's dive in. White Christmas. So uh, on Wednesday, I'm sitting at home and I'm kind of writing this message. And my daughter, who's home from college, yells, Daddy, look, it's snowing. And, uh, you know, I'm typing. I'm like, what? And I look outside. How many of you saw snow where you live uh, this week, right? It, it was beautiful, wasn't it? I mean, it was, it was, it was quite something, right? For, for just a few hours, right? It's kind of like living in this, this snow globe, you know? The, the snow fell soft and slow. It wasn't that like wet, mesh, you know, mushy North Jersey gray kind. Uh, and it just kind of drifted, you know, and slowly swirled and settled on trees like sugar coated powder. You know, it's just, that's one of my favorite songs, right? I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. You know, Pastor Kyra sang last week. If you, did you notice that? I was like, I can keep up with that girl. Didn't she do a good job? Let's hear Pastor Kyra. She did a great job. But I thought, man, that's a perfect title for this message on forgiveness, White Christmas. Because I'm convinced it's a topic that affects 100% of us, you know, in some way or another. Like all of us, we've been hurt at times by people or had experiences where, where maybe someone messed with you in some kind of way. And uh, for whatever reason, you know, the Christmas season just kind of highlights that. You know, I actually don't think you have more problems or pain during the holidays. I think what people, what happens is they feel the pain and the disappointment of unmet expectations just during the holiday season. You know what, studies show that's actually true. One study I came across said more people commit suicide between Thanksgiving and Christmas than the previous 11 months combined. Crazy, right? So, so in other words, something about the season that should be like merry and bright, like it, it just isn't. Uh, we, we all feel pain. Some of you have serious hurt in your wounds, and it just kind of comes alive. And, and I think it's the plan of the enemy, your spiritual enemy. I think, I think he's trying to steal your joy. You know, the Bible says the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy you. And Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly, right? Whole and healed and free. But for a lot of people, that's like just a cool verse. You know, it's not reality. And so I got thinking this week. I was like, man, what would it be like if we could have a, a, a white Christmas? I'm not talking about like flakes on your lawn on Christmas morning. I'm, that'd be cool. Uh, but something much bigger than that. Like what would it look like if we really experienced a condition of our heart that we could say, man, I, I'm different this year. There's, there's a purity about this. There's a, there's a cleanness about my heart this year. I, I'm living free from a prison of hurt and wounds. Let me, let me show you how, how God describes this in, in the Bible. In the Old Testament book of Isaiah, um, the Lord says this. It's an invitation. He says um, to his people, he says, Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your, skin, your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as, what does it say, church? Snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool, if you will only, what church? Obey me. In other words, God says, hey, if you want to have a white Christmas where you're not like miserly and unforgiving like Scrooge, I'll show you how. I'll show you how to, how to forgive, how to love again. Though your sins are as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. I can, I can give you a white Christmas if only you'll obey me. 
right? E- easier said than done. I mean, let me tell you, I've been a pastor for um, over 20 years now, gosh. And so I'm well aware of people's pain and the situations that some of you go through. But I'll, I'll tell you, it just went to a new level this week for me, you know? Like on Tuesdays, I started putting this message together. I, I thought to post something on Facebook and, and Instagram. And I, just, I just put a question out there just asking you for some real-life help. And, and I said, hey, what's the most difficult forgiveness issue you've ever had to deal with? And can I just say, I was not prepared for what you wrote. I just wasn't. I was blown away. I mean, more than 200 very vulnerable responses on Instagram and Facebook. And I read every single one of them. And I'll just be honest, it just floored me. Like, it was painful. It was horrific what some of you have gone through. I, I could, like, feel it in my, my gut, you know? I was, like, just blown away by your courage and, and vulnerability. Let me read you some of the examples. I'll put them up on the screen here. Um, Damien said, a nasty coworker from a previous job. Sarah said, abandonment, abuse from my toxic, alcoholic, narcissistic mother. Right? Intense. Uh, Mary said, forgiving my ex-husband for all the mental, physical, and emotional abuse that I suffered for 20 years, two decades. Betrayal. Mark said, infidelity, deception, and the resulting hatred and vindictiveness. Diane said, infidelity in a marriage. Like, like heavy stuff. Some of you got really in-depth. Let me show you the second example here. Um, Brooks said, betrayal. After a relationship ended, my significant other chose to date my best friend, they are now engaged, so double betrayal, right? Gabriella, a former employer who treated me very badly, both direct bosses and higher-up person, they were quite cruel to me and my children many times over in an attempt to get me to quit my job, which they knew I needed to have. I mean, some pretty brutal stuff. And I think in some way, God's going to use your voice to minister to others today. You know, because like what I realized is like you, you don't need another sermon today. You, you need someone who can, who can love you and just share some things with you maybe that can change your life. So I just kind of imagine myself sitting in your living room in a rocking chair. <laughs> just having a heart-to-heart talk, you know. Like, like just making an appeal to you to maybe let the hurt and the wounds go and leading some you to some resolution in these painful situations in your life. So I, I, I don't want to preach. I just want to sit in a, a chair across from you and just share some, some like tender advice as a friend. Because I, I desperately want for you what God promises here in his word. Like, like with God's help, I want you to have a white Christmas in, in your hearts. Again, listen to the invitation God makes to you. He says, Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. In other words, don't go another Christmas. Don't don't go another day with all that junk in your heart. Come now, let's settle this. He says, though your sins are like scarlet, though you're bleeding all over the place on the inside, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, I'll make them white as wool. Now, Now notice this last phrase, catch this. If, conditional, if, you will only what, church? Obey me. I want you to circle that word, obey. That's a key word for a key truth I want to unpack together. Because I realize for some of us, I know some of you are sitting there thinking, you're like, well, Tim, forgiveness is a fantasy, bro. I, look, I don't live in a snow globe, bro. I live in Elizabeth, New Jersey, okay? <laughs> what happened to me was horrible. How, how can I forgive what I can't forget? 
a guy named Chris said, when my wife was dying of cancer, I had my sister move in to watch her so I could go to work. I received a call from my in-laws who were visiting my wife saying my sister was high. I left work and when I arrived home, I found my sister completely high and I found out that she was taking my wife's morphine. How can you forgive what you can never forget? You know, I think the reason so many of us have a hard time forgiving is that we have just a wrong understanding of forgiveness. We have a world's understanding, but not the God's understanding of what biblical forgiveness is and what it's not. For instance, did you know this? Forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. You know that. It's not about saying, hey, hey, what happened is no big deal. No, no, no. It was. It's a huge deal. God knows it was too, so he doesn't come along and say, hey, get over it. What's your problem? No, it's a big deal. True forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. And it also doesn't necessarily require you to reconcile with that person. Did you know that? Forgiveness is not the same thing as reconciliation. Christians get this mixed up all the time. So some people think, well, well, Tim, you're asking me to go back to that person who abused me, or you're, you're asking me to get back in that relationship where he or she was unfaithful. No, 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 no. Forgiveness isn't the same thing as reconciliation. Forgiveness is a, it's a one-player game. It's between you and God. A reconciliation requires two people, and that may or may not be wise this side of heaven. That may be in the cards. It may not be. Again, if you look at the sacrifice of our Savior Jesus on the cross, there's a big difference between judicial forgiveness and relational forgiveness. Think of it this way. On the cross, God offered judicial forgiveness, right? When Jesus died, he forgave the sins of the whole world. So in the eyes of God, he forgave everyone. But has everyone received that forgiveness? No, hardly. I mean, there are people who are hard-hearted. They said, man, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't need to be forgiven. See, relational forgiveness only happens when you confess your sins and you, you sincerely own it and you apologize and receive that forgiveness. So understand, you can be judicially forgiven by God, but still estranged relationally from him, right? There hasn't been reconciliation. And that's why it's just so hard to forgive someone who's hurt us because they refuse sometimes, right, to acknowledge it or apologize. I was touched by what Veronica wrote. She said, you know, forgiving my ex for physical, mental, and verbal abuse and wanting an apology for all the pain that will never come. See, forgiveness isn't dependent on reconciliation. In fact, in some cases, I wouldn't recommend you reconcile right now because they're not, they're not healthy or they're not ready or they're still hurting people and you just get up hurting all the more, right? But reconciliation takes two healthy people of good will. But forgiveness, it's a one-player game. It's you and, and God in the condition of your heart. And, and when, you set, when you forgive, you set the prisoner free, but it's not the other person, it's you, it's not dependent on the other person coming back and saying, oh, I'm sorry. So let me just tell you to start this. If you're like waiting for them to apologize, can I just tell you, you are holding yourself hostage to the very person who hurt you in the first place. See, see, living in a white Christmas is about you and God and the condition of your own heart. God says, I want to wash it clean and pure. The third thing is that forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. You know, I think some of us have this unrealistic expectation like, well, I, I've forgiven them, Tim, but I, I can, can't get over the pain or the memory of this thing. Can I just tell you as your pastor, here's the truth. You may never get over it. 
I know some of you are like, Pastor, be a little more positive. Okay, I'm positive you may never get over it. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's, it's an unrealistic expectation. In fact, one of the things that stirred this message inside of me is a great book that just came out uh, by Lisa Turkhurst. It's titled Forgiving What You Can't Forget. It's, it's a fantastic book. Recommend it to you. It's a New York Times bestseller Christian book. She went through a very painful and public marriage breakdown. Um, her husband was unfaithful to her. Deeply painful, humiliating. And she said, I'm going to take a deep dive into what the Bible really teaches about forgiveness. And, and so Lisa did over a thousand hours of theological study. Like how, how can you move on when the other person refuses to change? And she never says she's sorry. And, and, and what she discovered is that you don't have to stay chained to the hurt of the past and just let them keep hurting you over and over again. It's very much about boundaries. But I love her subtitle. Look at it. Discover how to move on, make peace with painful memories, and create a life that's beautiful again. You know, I think the final reason we just have a hard time forgiving is that we don't think it's fair. And can I just tell you, forgiveness is not fair. <laughs> I know some of you are sitting there and you're like, Tim, you, you know what they did to me? That's not fair. Now, let me, just, let me just give you some advice. We're just talking as friends, all right? I'm sitting in your living room, okay? You ready for this? Just let me tell you, you don't want to go the fair route. <laughs> because if God were fair, we'd be drowning in our own sin right now. Like, thank God he's not fair. Because, because in light of all that God's forgiven you, and you refuse to forgive them, that was the point of the story Jesus told in Matthew 18. I, I want to camp out here. In Matthew 18, Jesus was approached by one of his disciples, Peter, who was a hothead. He always had, you know, anxious uh, arguments and stuff with people. And Peter said, hey, Jesus, I've got some issues with some people in my life. And Jesus, they keep hurting me. And Matthew 18, verse 21, you can look at it in your notes. It says this. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Peter thinks he's like being generous because like seven was the number of perfection. He's like seven times? Look at this. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but what? Seventy-seven times. And if you look at the little footnote, most translations it says, or seventy times seven times. That's 490 times. Uh, the book of Luke actually says 490 times a day. All right, that's like forgiven every three minutes. Okay, like if you don't go to bed. All right, that's a lot, right? So like, what's the point? Jesus is like, yeah, forgiveness, it's an ongoing process that actually never ends. And you may have to forgive them minute to minute, hour to hour. And to illustrate that, Jesus then tells this story. He says this, he says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wants to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him, watch this, 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Which would have shocked everybody, by the way, because I did a little research the, the, in the first century, this is the modern-day equivalent of $5 billion. All right, can you imagine $5 billion in debt, okay? Everybody but like, been like, nobody can pay that. I mean, would you agree, right? This is a debt none of us can pay, right? Okay, if you don't, hey, if you don't agree, did I mention we have a Christmas offering going on right now? Is that, that's just, <laughs> Jesus is like, okay, nobody can forgive this enormous debt, but watch this, verse 25. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Remember this? In Bible times, if you had an unpayable debt, they could sell your whole family into slavery. 
And it says, at this point, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, and what's it say? Canceled the debt and let him go. In other words, it's jubilee time, right? The guy cancels this, this guy's $5 billion debt. He's like, it's paid in full, but watch this. Now, here's a twist, a twist from Jesus. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him how much? A hundred silver coins. And again, I did the research on this. Modern day equivalent of 10,000 bucks. Now that's actually, it's a lot of money, right? But it's not $5 billion. <laughs> what Jesus is saying here is like, okay, you've been wronged. And you know what? It's significant. Like if I was $10,000 in debt, like that's a big deal. I know that'd be a big deal to you probably. But it's a payable amount, right? Like you could pay it back eventually over a lifetime. So understand, Jesus acknowledges that the pain we go through is real, but it can be dealt with. It just doesn't compare to the enormous, inexcusable, inexhaustible debt we've been forgiven by God. Because when this guy who was forgiven five billion bucks goes out and sees his friend who owes him 10,000, it says this, he grabbed him and what's it say, church? Began to choke him, pay back what you owe me, because he's from Secaucus. Is this how they roll down there? It's like, come on. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, same words, watch this, be patient with me and I'll pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and they told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in and he said, listen to this, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And let me just tell you this next verse. This is like one of the most chilling verses in the whole Bible. Jesus puts a cap on it. He says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Woof. <laughs> now that's, that's some story. Like, like all this to say, I'm just telling you, you don't want to go down the whole road of, that's not fair. <laughs> because what we've been forgiven by God is this inexcusable, inexhaustible, can't pay it back kind of debt in God's eyes. Every single one of us. So anytime we, we, we have issues with someone else and we say, I, I, I can't possibly forgive them. Can I just say, it's probably because you've forgotten how big your debt was. The final reason we don't want to forgive is, we just don't think we can do it. Like, I know, I get it, guys. Like, it's, it's not that, like, like, you probably agree with the Bible or, or God, but it just feels impossible, right? Like, think of that person. You're probably like, I don't, I just, Tim, I just don't have the strength to do that. And let me respond to that. You know what? In one way, you're right. Like, to some degree, in your own strength, you're probably right. You can't do it. But, but can, I, can I say this to you? Just, just look in my eyes. I'm going to say this to somebody. You have an enemy who is lying to you right now. Like he's called the father of lies, many of which we buy into. And one of his lies is this can never happen. You can't possibly do this. See, and when you measure it by your own strength, you know what? Satan is right. But as Christians, we are never to measure things in our own strength, but by the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? 
what the Spirit of God can do inside and through you. Amen? Make some noise if you believe that God has more strength than you. He does. It can happen. I'm just, I'm just telling you, a white Christmas can happen, but not in your own ability. God says, I can give you the strength to forgive. Philippians 4 says this, For I can do everything through Christ who what gives me strength. You need to know, God's just making an appeal to you this Christmas. He's like, he's like come on, let's, let's just settle this once and for all, 2020. Let's get this over with, man. I want to give you the strength to do it. I want to give you a white Christmas this season. Now, let's just, let's just say right now, you're, you're sitting there and you're like, all right, Tim, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll keep going with you. You got my attention for a minute, but, but I'd love to experience a white Christmas, but like how? Practically, how do I forgive them? I want to show you three things the Bible says to do. And I'm just going to tell you that these three steps, they're, they're simple, but listen, they're not simplistic. In other words, they are very hard and will take repeated practice. Some of them every day to actually work into your soul. And I'm just warning you, you're going to push back. You're not going to like this. Because <laughs> like, I'm reading this, I'm like, this is so counterintuitive and it's countercultural. So if you ask your friends on social media, they're not going to agree with anything I'm about to tell you. Okay, they're just not. They're just going to be like, don't do that, it's terrible. In fact, let me say this this way. You're not going to feel like doing any of this. But here's the truth. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. And if you make the choice to forgive, watch this, your feelings will follow. You will actually get to live inside God's snow globe and experience a white Christmas. Now, the secret to getting inside of God's snow globe is obeying him. Remember our first verse, right? God says, come now, let us, let us settle this. He says, though your sins are like scarlet, I'm going to make them white as snow. And here it is, watch. If you will only, what's the word again? Obey me. Now, why does it say obey? Like, when do you need obedience? Let me tell you. You only need obedience when you don't want to do something. <laughs> when it's against your natural desire, right? Like, if you want to do it, bro, you don't need obedience, but if you're going to live by your feelings, you are going to live trapped. You're going to stay chained to the past and imprisoned by the very person who hurt you. So understand, they're going to have a great Christmas and you're not. Okay? Like when you have unforgiveness, it's like setting yourself on fire and hoping your enemy dies of smoke inhalation. Okay? And if you refuse to obey and like, like I'm going to follow God, I just respectfully ask, like, how's it working out for you? Right? Probably not too well. So why not try out God's ways? Why not try obeying? But here's the catch. You're just not going to feel like doing this. So you got a choice. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a choice, and it's an ongoing process. It's not instantaneous. Your choice leads, and then watch, your feelings follow. So don't wait for the feeling. Here's the first step. It's counterintuitive. God says, all right, I get it. You've been mistreated. He ran out on you. She left you and the kids holding the bag. I get it. Your boss mistreated you, or, or, or your uncle stole that inheritance, or she did, whatever it is. And God says, here's what I want you to do. First step, simple but hard. I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray for them. Some of you are like, are you kidding me? No. Pray for them. I know some of you are like, oh. all right, you know, Lord, may, may the flies of a thousand camels find his armpit, man. Just like, you know, kind of prayer, you know. I'm not that kind of prayer. Listen. 
You know, a couple, couple weeks ago, I, I got so frustrated at somebody, you know, and Colleen says to me, she's like, well, you just need to pray for him, Tim. She, and I was like, I don't want to pray for him. She's like, go get a Bible verse. I don't, you know, help you. So I found one in the Psalms. I'm like, Lord, break, break the teeth of the wicked, you know, like just kind of, you know, you want to like nail him, you know. That's not the one you should use, okay? In, in, in Matthew 5, Jesus says, he says, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, Love your enemies in what church? Pray for those who persecute you. You know, so it's funny. Um, sometimes after service, I'll have couples come up here for me to pray for them. They're married or engaged or dating, whatever. And they're going through a hard time. And so they say, Pastor Tim, will you pray for us? And then I say, absolutely, sure. But first, I want you to pray for each other. And they don't like that. <laughs> Some of you know. You're like, oh, what's he? What's he? No, it's not a Jedi move. I, I just, I just, <laughs> it's not. I, I just say, I, I, tell, I tell the guy typically, I say, go ahead, sir. I want you to put your hand on your wife's shoulder. And then, ma'am, after he's done, I want you to pray over him. And it's remarkable. Like 20 years of doing this. Because most of the time, I'll just be honest, you know, he starts with like, Lord, I pray you just help my wife. She's like all kinds of crazy, Lord, you know. And he's, he's like just praying all his anger and frustration. But watch this. The longer they pray, the softer and more tender it gets. Like I, I actually watch the Holy Spirit soften their heart. And then oftentimes there's tears afterwards. Guys, that's the power of prayer. It's the channel by which God pours his Holy Spirit into your heart and changes it. You ever notice that like in the Psalms? A lot of times, you know, the prayers in the Psalms, they start off like a little edgy, you know? <laughs> like in the first few verses, it's like, Lord, you know, destroy my enemies, you know, dash their children to peace. And you're like, whoa, bro, but... You know, but by the end, you know, David's like, David's like, but you, O oh Lord, are compassionate and forgiving, and whatever you decide is fine. I love you, Lord. Like, you're like, what is that? These mood swings. It's just him getting to the end of his prayers. See, if you pray for them, your heart will change because you can't pray for someone and hate them at the same time. So Jesus says, pray for them. Okay, second, you're not, you're not going to want to do it. I get it. <laughs> second thing, it's counterintuitive. You're not going to feel like doing this either. Jesus says, I want you to bless them. And the word bless here specifically means speak well of them. Speak well of them. So a lot of us think like, well, okay, I've forgiven him, but, but let me, I, I forgave him a long time ago, but let me just warn you, he is one of the most low-down, meaned, two-faced hypocrites on this planet, okay? Then Jesus says, no, no, look, look what he says. He says, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, and what's it say? Bless those who what? Curse you. It's about speaking. Pray for those who mistreat you. Bless means to intentionally speak well of them, even though you may not feel like it. Romans actually takes another step. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Again, those of you who, you know, make a habit of running down your ex, I would, I would just respectfully say, like, how's that working out? Is that helping you? It's, it's probably not. And so this Christmas, I'm, I, I'm just like kind of wondering, like, what, what would it be like if instead of just, you know, ripping your, your mother-in-law or your uncle or your ex, like, what if you just like, Lord, I don't feel it, but Holy Spirit, I need you. I, I, I'm going to bless them, right? Like when someone asks you about them and you, mm, I'm going to bite my tongue, I'm going to summon Jesus' strength, you actually speak well of them. It's hard. I'm just telling you. I'm in it with you. I mean, just this week, I, I had somebody come at me pretty, pretty aggressive um, kind of harsh with their words, um, kind of questioning my heart. 
And I'll just be honest, like I woke up the next morning with that like, that kind of icky feeling, you know, like, like, and I started, my mind started going like, I should have said this and I, I probably should, you know, I, what I could have said back and, but you know what I did? I just, I just, I just stopped it and right there, I actually texted them and said, hey, I, I just want you to know that I, that was a hard convo yesterday, but I'm so grateful for your candor. I was like, I, I want, I want you to know I appreciate what you said. Maybe not how you said it, <laughs> but I'm thankful for you and I'm praying for you today. And then I prayed for them. In other words, I bless them with my words and actually let them off the hook. And now watch what happens. My heart changes. Because, because I'm willing my spirit to come into alignment with the spirit of Christ. And now that relationship isn't sitting out there on the, the shelf like bad cheese, all smelly and funky and weird and stuff, right? Again, guys, it, it, it's, it's counterintuitive. You're not going to want to do this, but listen to me. I'm not asking you to feel like it. I'm asking you to choose to obey it. Because Jesus takes it to one more level when he says, third thing, you're going to pray for him, you're going to bless him, and I want you to do good to them. Do good to them. I know, I see on your face, some of you are like, are you serious? Yeah. Pray for them, speak well of them, and then do something nice for them. Romans puts it this way. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everybody. And watch this, I love this. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you. Don't you love how realistic the Bible is? It's like not a perfect world, bro. I get it. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, you can't control them, but you live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Now, now did you catch this? In other words, if you decline to take revenge, your heavenly father says, you know what? I'll take care of business. God actually says, I will make sure people who deserve justice get justice. God says, that's my job. I'll replay. But here's your role. Watch this. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If she's thirsty, give her something to drink. And in doing this, you'll heap burning coals on their head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with God says, I want you to overcome the wrong that was done to you by doing good to them. Again, I'm not asking you to like it. I don't like this. <laughs> I'm inviting you to obey it. Because God's promises always come with a guarantee. God says, if, if you take the risk to obey me and take me at my word, you will enter into a new reality that is white and pure and brings freedom and peace. I'll let you out of that prison. And understand, that person, that person may never make it right with you. But you'll experience a white Christmas. Though your sins be red as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. Right? Sound crazy? Possible? I'll close with this story. You guys know Joyce Meyer? You guys, Bible teacher, evangelist. One time I, I was listening to Joyce Meyer. She was speaking at a conference and she said... Um, I'm getting ready to share a message with you today that every time I share this, it's the only one where I have more than 80% of the people respond every time I share it. And it's about unforgiveness. And she went on to preach and she said, um, today I'm going to share with you a detail I've never shared publicly. It's something I've never let anyone know before. And she said, when I was a little girl, she said, my daddy raped me over 200 times. And the room was 
dead silent. And she said, by the way, not just over 200 times, I know the exact number. I remember every one of them vividly. Every detail of each moment. And of course, her, her life went on, and you know, now she's this you know, well-known speaker. And um, her father never, never apologized. There was never justice. He, he, they drift, you know, moved away. He lived in another city. But even though there wasn't justice for the crime, Joyce said she began praying daily for her father. She began asking God for supernatural strength to actually forgive something that she could never forget. And she said one day as she was praying, years later, she felt the Lord say, Joyce, I want you to buy your dad a home. I want you to reach out to him and invite him to move to the city where you live because he's old now. And I want you to take care of him until he, he dies. And she said, nothing inside of her wanted to do that. She said, it, you know, it was actually kind of nice that he lived in another city and they didn't have contact. But she's like, I, she goes, I'm smart enough now to know when God tells you to do something, I obey. And so she called him and she said, Dad, I, I want you and Mom to move to town where I live and I'm going to buy you both a nice place, nice house. And he never, never acknowledged his abuse, never owned it. There was never justice. He never apologized. In fact, they moved into a new home and he didn't even thank her. But four years after living there, he called her one day and he said, Joyce, I, I need to come over and talk to you. And she opened the door and he literally fell into her living room just choking and bawling his eyes out. He said, I, I can never tell you how sorry I am for what I did to you. I, I, I've been so ashamed and I was never man enough to admit that I abused you and hurt you and devastated you the way I did. And, and he just, he just like snot coming out and just, he's breaking down. And he said, I can never expect you to forgive me, but I'm just so, so sorry. And he just kept weeping and he just sobbed. And, he, and then he got out the words. He said, I want the Jesus that you have. And Joyce Meyer led her father to the Lord right there and then baptized him a few days later. And weeks later, he died and went to heaven. And she said something that shocked me. She said, I am so free from this offense that I can't even tell you that I wish it never happened. She said, to know and see the miracle of what God did in my life is greater than if it never happened at all. Joyce Meyer was living in God's snow globe, my friends. That is radical, supernatural, Jesus-empowered forgiveness. Amen? It, results not typical. <laughs> it, may, it may be different for you, but God says, listen to me. Though your sins may be as red as scarlet, you're bleeding all over the place. I promise if you'll obey me, I will make them white as snow. And so I just came to tell somebody today, God is offering you something so great. He wants to give you the power to forgive what you may never forget. But what's it take? You have to obey God. You have to take him at his word. In Ephesians it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. 
brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And that's not so easy, right? And it says, but be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. And I get it. You're like, I can't do that, Tim. You're right. You can't. But now listen, here it is. How do you do it? Let's say it together. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Five billion dollars, 10,000, right? Five billion. What's the secret? This is the final truth, and then we're going to pray. It's huge. You can't do this without Christ's power. You understand that? Like, I'm, I'm going to say something that I, I, I feel like I need to apologize. Like, I'm sorry. I, I wish I, it's kind of strong. I wish I could soften it, but I can't. If you can't imagine forgiving, doing what we're talking about today, there's a good chance that you either have never been forgiven by God or you've forgotten what he's forgiven you of. Because the truth is, those forgiven much forgive much. That's why I wrote my Bible yesterday, Matthew 18. Those forgiven much forgive much. In other words, those who've been forgiven of an unpayable, inexcusable debt to God, God says, I'm going to give you the power to forgive the inexcusable. Amen? I'm just saying, this is a moment for you. Again, we're just having a heart-to-heart -heart in wherever you are, like in your living room. I just, I just want to pray together. I'd say, let's just pray together. So let's just be still as we pray. Like if, if you're here or you're online and you say, you know, Tim, I, I want that power to forgive what I can't forget. Or I want to experience the forgiveness of God in my life. I want, get some things right with God today. Listen, I'm not going to have you stand up or, you know, come up front or raise your hand. I just want to pray with you right here in the living room. So all our locations, if you're watching online, can, let's just do this. Just open your hands. Just sit where you are. Just open your hands. Okay? And close your eyes. We're just going to pray together. I want you to pray out loud with me. Just say these words. Say, Jesus, I thank you for forgiving me. I had an inexcusable debt. I couldn't pay. Today I receive what you did on the cross. Forgive my sin. Pay my debts and set me free. Come live inside me. Give me your strength to love and forgive like you do. Now we're just praying. And I want you to think of that person you've struggled to forgive. Just call their face, their name to mind. Again, I want you to pray these words out loud right now. I want you to say, Father, I forgive, and then say their name. Say it. Father, I forgive. I give them over to you. I've had a hard time forgiving them, Lord. I want to forgive them, but the pain's keeping me from moving forward. Say right now, Jesus, I give them over to you. In your name, I release all my anger, all my bitterness, my desire for revenge. I let it go. In Jesus' name, I forgive them. Father, I pray right now by the Holy Spirit, set the captives free. Do a work in the heart of every man and woman here. I pray that you would heal every part of their heart that is broken supernaturally, God. Just fill it in. Flood them with the forgiveness of the Holy Spirit, God. 
We surrender every situation completely to you this Christmas. In the power, in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said together, Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.